theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord that I feel here in this place and I trust you feel it you feel him at home or wherever you may be watching my name is Akil Thompson and I am the pastor here at Extraordinary Church and we are the perfect church for imperfect people we're so glad that you're with us today and we're gonna have a great time I do want to let you know if you are relatively new to Extraordinary Church and you're thinking about taking next steps or you want to learn more uh, we may have already reached out to you and invited you to our pastors meet and greet it's a wonderful time where Sarah and I and our pastoral staff get an opportunity to connect with you at 7 p.m. and we would absolutely love for you to join us if you'd like to get more details or if you didn't receive an invitation I'd encourage you check your email check your spam sometimes that email might end up in spam but if not reach out to our church office just simply send us a text message uh, at 647-671-8439 and let us know you'd like to be a part of that and we will help you get connected with that being said I do want to invite your attention to a couple of passages of scripture that I believe God has laid on my heart this is something that's been resonating within me this entire week and so I want to go ahead and jump right into the word of the Lord I do want you to know that if you'd like someone to pray with you DM us uh, on any of our social media platforms or let us know right there in the chat. We will have somebody on our pastoral staff or somebody that's a part of our prayer team reach out to you and pray with you, believing Jesus Christ will move on your behalf. And then lastly, I do want to say if you want to be a part, if you want to take your next step in faith, and uh, that step being baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and you've not yet do so, done so, you can do that today. Simply text the word baptism to 647-671-8439, and we've got you covered. Thank you, praise team. What a beautiful presence of the Lord that we feel. Thank you, media team. Thank you, everybody. And thank you for taking time out of your calendar to be with us today. Let's go ahead and look at John chapter 20, verse 18 and 19. I'm reading out of the New King James translation um, throughout today's message, and it's my hope that this will be a blessing and encouragement to you. John chapter 20, verse 18 and 19, it reads, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that the things he had spoken or and that he had spoken these things to her. Now, if you don't know what just transpired is Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He is alive and well. Uh, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. Let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and if you don't have your Bible or your Bible app with you that's okay we should be displaying these passages for you on the screen as well Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 through 7 
blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You got everything you need. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And by his spirit today, I want to preach this thought to you. Let the blood speak. Let the blood speak. If you would just join me right there at home, would you just put the remote down or your phone down for a moment? Lift your hands and just pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the gift of faith, not only in this atmosphere, but I'm believing and declaring that every home, I feel the Holy Ghost already, every home is charged with the atmosphere of your presence, God. I'm believing and declaring you're going to speak to open hearts because we've come expecting. Somebody's come anticipating a word. Somebody's come focused. Somebody's postured themselves to be thirsty. God, you'll do it. You'll get the glory and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, clap your hands unto the Lord or just thank him however you want to do so. Praise God. I'm thankful for that in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, lymphoma cancer, you might be familiar with it. I'm going to share a story with you. There was a little girl who was diagnosed with a rare form of lymphoma cancer. And after multiple treatments, the doctors concluded that without a bone marrow transplant, she would not live. If a compatible donor could be found, then the infused cells of the donor would travel to the bone marrow and initiate new and healthy blood cell production. See, an extensive search for the perfect match began in, in her family, and then it got out a little wider with her friends and community, and ultimately it went nationwide in the United States of America. But it seemed as though a donor would never be found. After several months of an exhaustive search, a possible match, and I want to accentuate possible here in this instance, was located. But you can't imagine the joy that the family felt over this newfound hope. Can you imagine how their hearts exploded when the test confirmed that they could proceed with the bone marrow transplant of the healthy donor to this little girl? The process involved killing off the little girl's own blood cells prior to introducing the bone marrow into her body. The infused blood cells of the donor would travel to the bone marrow and then initiate blood cell production. Results of this transplant are quite amazing and can be compared really to the new birth of someone who is following Jesus Christ. They've been born of the water and of the spirit. This little girl's body was drastically changed forever. Not only was the unseen, hear me, bone marrow and blood type completely changed and her health restored, but her hair, skin, and eye colors were also for alt forever altered to match the one who had donated their blood. 
Now, if the little girl ever needed an organ transplant in the future, the match would not be found in her natural family, but it would be found in that of the donor. Somebody ought to know where I'm already headed this afternoon. But this little girl was dying from an incurable condition in her bone marrow, which is the source of your blood. The bone marrow transplant brought new life to this little girl and changed not only her very nature, but her physical characteristics it's in the same way because of Adam's disobedience the spiritual nature of all mankind was diseased with sin Jesus Christ the perfect match the perfect sacrifice was found and offered now when sinners find themselves plunged beneath that flowing blood of that flowed from crimson that crimson blood that flowed from Calvary can find their hearts renewed and reborn and can experience the very life that God wants us to offer there is life in the blood of Jesus Christ today and it not only causes us to live eternally but it imparts to us the personality and the nature and hear me the ability of Jesus Christ I need you to understand that if you have got the blood of Jesus Christ flowing through your veins, you have got royalty flowing through your veins today. You are a new creation because of the blood. Somebody ought to thank God for the blood. Praise God. Why? Why? Why would the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, concern himself with every individual on this earth? What lengths did he go to in order to embrace us as his family? The answer is found in the Ephesians. See, it says in Ephesians 2, chapter 4 and 5, that but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. See, he loves us so much that he was willing to pour out his own blood to satisfy his great love for the whole world. Romans 5 8 says but God demonstrated his love his own love toward us that in while we were yet sinners Christ died for us I need to declare in the atmosphere today according to scripture and I just want to let somebody know the blood of Jesus Christ is essential to the plan of salvation it's essential. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the Old Testament, I'm fascinated by the harmony of the Old and New Testaments and how they are perfectly woven together. But the Leviticus priesthood understood this. If you read this in Leviticus chapter 17 and 11, it says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul the blood is in scripture over 400 different times the blood it, it can be referring to the symbolical or the blood of Jesus Christ it really is the blood is the core of the Bible if you look at every page it's stained with blood there's an old song we used to sing back in contemporary Christian music talking about those blood stained pages I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about but I'm just thankful for the blood this afternoon and any departure from the biblical message of the blood of Jesus Christ is heresy and will lead to apostasy 
See, the shedding of the blood in the sacrifice of the Passover and of the offering of the Levitical sacrifices all spoke of the occasion when Jesus Christ would come and provide remission of sins through his blood. Let me show you. Praise God. Look at Matthew 26, 27, and 28. You know this. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Praise God. Oh, the blood. See, the, the, let me talk about the physiology of the blood. Leviticus 17, 11, and then I'm going to read 14. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Verse 14, for it is the life of all flesh. Its blood sustains its life. Therefore, I said to the children of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any flesh. For the life of all flesh is its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. See, the function of the blood, I want you to hear me, is to carry life to the rest of the body. The five quarts of blood that you and I have flowing through our veins is circulated throughout our bodies by the heart every 23 seconds. Maybe 24 or 25 for me because it might need like two more additional seconds just to get through all this. Praise God. That's a lot of headspace right there, you know. Praise God. That's like the 403, the 401, the QEW. Praise God, the 407. They just, they're going to make it. But uh, as the blood flows, though, it flows to fix the cells of our body. Our muscles, our nerves, our glands, our bones, our connected tissue. It delivers, hear me, the blood delivers life-giving oxygen and nutrients and then carries away the waste produced from these things that are in use. See, there are different types of blood cells and activities. And I know this is not biology class, but hopefully you'll hear me and, and just catch what I'm trying to share. And some of you involved in the medical community, shout out to you. We're praying for you. We know you're serving on the front lines. You'll have an understanding of what I'm talking about. Some might remember their biology classes. But plasma, plasma is a fluid solution that acts as a vehicle for the blood cells. And then there's platelets. Platelets are thin and transparent oval-shaped cells whose functions are associated with the process of blood clotting. And then there are red cells. There's 5 million red blood cells per cubic millimeter that literally carry fuel to the fixed tissue. Two more. Then there's the white cells. These are 6,000 per cubic millimeter, and they help to defend the body against infection. And then lastly, they're antibodies. They're produced in response to infection to prevent future infection. And see, as this chemistry of the blood performs these necessary tasks in the natural, so too the blood of Jesus Christ in the spirit realm. See, the blood of Jesus Christ brings us into fellowship with him and restores our dominion. I need you to hear me. It restores and brings us into fellowship with him. See, in the beginning, Adam sinned. The first thing he lost was fellowship with God. 
Think about this. Let me read this to you out of the Amplified, Genesis 3, 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. As we all know, Adam and Eve messed things up. Instead, hear me, instead of operating in the blessing they had been given and becoming a blessing to the old earth, to the whole earth, like the Lord instructed them, they became disconnected from God through disobedience. Can I tell you, disobedience will always bring about a disconnect. When they did this, the whole deal was twisted. The blessing was turned into a curse. Instead of the earth prospering as God had desired and intended, the earth resisted Adam and Eve and became their enemy. Instead of speaking to it and reigning over it as kings, Adam and Eve worked it like slaves, sweating and laboring just to make a living. I feel like there's some people that are watching right now that might be able to relate to that, that are just barely making ends meet, barely making a living, living, getting enough, just getting enough to just scrape by. That was not God's original plan. Adam and Eve had a long fall. Adam had once had enough power to subdue the earth in its entirety and bless it. After sin entered the picture, though, he could hardly make a living in his own garden. Think about that for a moment. God's original plan was for Adam and Eve to subdue the whole earth and have authority over everything. But God didn't give up on his original plan. But the most important part is he had a plan to redeem us. God loved us so much that he robed himself in flesh. The second Adam, if you will, to bring us back into fellowship with him. Let me show you this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and uh, verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Who is the last Adam? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. See, through Abraham, Abraham was the true inheritor of the covenant. His whole earthly ministry was a demonstration of the blessing. The Lord told him, wherever you go, I'm going to bless. Whatever you curse, I'm going to curse. There's this Abrahamic covenant. Everywhere he went, Abraham brought blessing. This is what, you know, you need to understand. Everywhere that Jesus went, he brought blessing. Praise God. This is what we're supposed to do. Be a blessing everywhere we go. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in that. Even during COVID, you can still be a blessing. How are you interacting with your neighbors? How are you interacting with your colleagues? How are you interacting with your family? Be a blessing. This is why when the sick people came to him, Jesus healed them. He was carrying out the mission Adam had been given, but he was the second Adam. But see, Jesus didn't stop there. He wasn't just the second Adam. He took it all a step further. After demonstrating the power of the blessing in his own life, he went to the cross and shed his own blood and paid the price for the sins of all mankind. He defeated the curse once and for all, rose again, and through the blood of Jesus Christ, we now have a blood covenant. 
Praise God. See, the blood of Jesus is love that flows from the very heart of God. It's the greatest expression of the Lord's eternal love for humanity. While we, I'm talking about all of us, remain filthy, ugly, in a state of sin, that precious blood was poured out on a cross. Praise God. Is anybody thankful for the blood? redeeming us from the chains of sin and restoring us to right standing with God. It was the most costly sacrifice in history. See, while reaching into heaven's holiest place, the blood extends to man's lowest place. Praise God. It frees mankind from Satan's dominion, carries righteousness. The blood carries mercy and redemption and healing. The blood is alive and proves God's relentless love for us. See, through the atoning work of Jesus Christ, we can live in the reality of our redemption because the blood liberates us from the curse of sin. The blood liberates us from depression. The blood liberates us from sickness and poverty. The blood liberates us and it provides real solutions for real people who are dealing with real problems. Can I tell you, by believing and speaking, we can apply the blood to every area of our lives and become a part of a new bloodline. We need the blood. This is why when you look at the text that I read to you, when you consider what John is unpacking for us, Jesus Christ has just risen from the grave and Mary Magdalene interacts with him and he instructs her to go tell the disciples the good news. Now, what I want you to understand is this, the disciples are hiding. This is what the power of the blood, praise God. You have to imagine here their leader, their rabbi, the one that they... Um, abandoned their careers for the ones where Matt was like I'm out I'm no longer going to be a tax collector I'm going to follow you they followed him for three and a half years they put everything they had in, and then they found him arrested they found him scourged they found him beaten they found him hanging on a cross and they witnessed them laying his body in the tomb so here they are hiding they're hiding because they understand the Jews are looking for them and the reality of it is they could be next look at the text it says it right here Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews <laughs> Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, peace be with you. See, the, 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 what, I, what I want you to understand is you might be wondering, well, why in the world did he have to go through the wall? I'm going to tell you why he had to go through the wall because they closed and locked the door. Isn't it interesting that sometimes we try to isolate ourselves and insulate ourselves from the very thing that we're afraid of and sometimes insulating ourselves from the very thing we're afraid of causes us to put things between Christ and us there are people who have insulated themselves from church because they've been hurt in church there are people who insulate themselves from being friendly and connected because they've been hurt in relationships. 
Whatever causes you to be afraid, draw back, and hide, God will ignore the facts that you have not only shut the door, but locked it, and he'll walk right through the wall because he's got a revelation for you. He's determined to get out of you what he's put into you. He'll come through the wall right where you are standing to meet with you. That's exactly what he did with these disciples. They had locked the door, they had shut it, but God still showed up in the midst of their fear. And here's what he says. He stands before them and he says, peace be with you. See, when God speaks peace, it's not just the idea of an absence of turbulence. In fact, in the Old Testament, if you read it or you study it, you know the word peace is shalom. It doesn't just mean no worries for the rest of your days. Thought somebody might catch that, praise God. Yeah, I thought somebody might say hakuna matata. It doesn't mean that you just don't have a care in the world. I've come to tell you when Christ comes into your life, he's not coming with a long list of all the bad stuff you've done, all the failures, all the stuff you've messed up three years ago, three months ago, three days ago, or on your way to the couch where you're watching right now to be a part of Extraordinary Church at Home. Jesus doesn't just walk around. He doesn't just come through the wall to remind you of how pitiful your performance has been. Jesus came and said, I know what you're struggling against. I know what is coming against you and I want you to know I'm here with you I'm for you I've been before you I've been behind you and I've been beside you the reality of it is what's really coming against you is an indication that hell is tormented and terrified that if you ever get the revelation of who you are now being washed in the blood of the lamb and that he is alive and well you will be the devil's worst nightmare and Satan is trying to torment you before you can torment him however if you ever let the blood speak for you and silence the voice of the enemy you'll be able to stand up and say it is the blood blood it's not my performance it's the blood it's not my pedigree it's the blood it's not my education it's the blood it's not my connections it's the blood it's not my performance it's the blood somebody give him praise for the blood oh you'll stop running in fear you no longer be hiding out worried about what the devil's going to do to you and your family. Why? Because the devil may declare one thing, but when you let the blood that Jesus Christ shed at Calvary speak for you, it'll silence him. He comes into the room. Wholeness. Strength. And I'm thankful for that. Now, check this out. Because here's what he does next, and this is crazy. He shows up, the disciples. You have to imagine their posture. Mary's come with good news, and I believe they believe Mary because they know that Mary still followed very closely, intimately. She was very invested, finan financed the ministry of Jesus. I could go down the list, but they still postured themselves in fear. They're huddled up, they're hiding from the Jews, and Jesus shows up, peace. He speaks to it right away. Aren't you thankful that when he shows up, the atmosphere changes? Praise God. I thought about it when I thought about that song. When you walk into the room, I thought, praise God. The moment Jesus walks into the room, something has to change. The dynamic changes. The atmosphere changes. And he opens his mouth and he says, peace be with you. And then it gets crazy. He says, you guys want to see something? And they're probably like, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> show us. Give us. And you know what he does? This is crazy. He says, I'm going to show you. He shows them his scars. Shows them his scars. The first thing I need to stop and tell you is that if extraordinary church, I'm thankful for what God is doing. And you want to know why we say no perfect people allowed. Because if we're going to have real ministry, we've got to have authentic ministry. See, you and I, we just can't show people our trophies. This is why people will get confused at Extraordinary Church or in the church as a whole, if you will, because we can prance across the stage and show everybody the trophies. You know, we can show everybody the victories. We can show everybody our championship belts, if you will. You know what I'm talking about. I'm the champion. I've overcome. I ain't never had a bad day in my life. We can show everybody the crown, but we don't show people our scars. Jesus isn't trying to impress them by showing them his greatest victory at this moment. Instead, he decides to show them his scars. Why? Because scars represent where pain used to be. Woo. Jesus, I need to help somebody today. I'm trying, I'm trying my best. He was showing them his scars, and he was making several statements to them. The first thing he was saying is, if we're going to be in relationship together with one another, you've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You've got to be willing to be authentic. You've got to be willing to be real. And I got to show you that even though I'm God manifest in the flesh, and yes, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, everybody will declare that I am Lord, even though that's true, even though my name is the name that's above every name, I got to let you know, brothers and sisters, I've been through some stuff. Because scars not only show where the pain was, but scars also show us what healing and restoration can really look like. Praise God. That's why sometimes you got to link up with the right people. I don't need somebody who's never been through anything in their life. I, I don't need somebody who's never been through hell. But I need somebody who's been right dead smack in the middle of hell's kitchen. But has kept on walking by the grace of God and said I'm still here. I don't smell like it. I don't look like it. I have some scars and I've been through it. But I want you to know I serve a God who is faithful. Look at what God has done in my life. I wish to the sweet heavens you could hear me right now. We need to realize that God is able. Praise God. You get with somebody. We got, we got to be real. We got, to, we got to be willing to be authentic. We have to be willing to engage people. We have to be willing to let people know. You know what? Yeah, I've been there, done that. And I know everybody right now could take somebody with you and tell them where you've been. I can tell you how they talk about you. I can tell you how they'll lie about you. I can tell you how they'll run your reputation in the mud. I can tell you what the doctors have pronounced over my family and over my children in particular. But I can also tell you we're still here by the grace of God. We're still here by the mercy of God. And what you need to know is scars are a reminder not just of the place of pain, but of victory. Victory. Jesus Christ is the source of eternal life. And he's the one who keeps cleansing us day by day. Look at 1 John 1, 7. The blood transforms these believers 
Uh, his followers are no longer timid and shy. They're recognizing that they don't have to run from their past. They don't have to run from their mistakes. And now his blood covers them. This is why it's so important you and I be in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 1 and 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And hear me, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He is the one that keeps us from falling into the sin again and again. We face a continuous battle with the infection, world, flesh, the devil, but pleading the blood of Jesus Christ will deliver us. Somebody ought to plead the blood in Jesus' name. See, Jesus Christ, it is his precious blood that speaks for us. You can't come up with enough, you can't come up with a sophisticated closing argument to excuse your guilt. You and I are all guilty and we need the blood of Jesus Christ. First John chapter 1 verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, look at uh, Hebrews 12, 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Praise God. It speaks, see, the blood speaks. It speaks of man's sin. And guilt before God. It speaks of deliverance from the wrath to come. For in Exodus, the Lord said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The blood of Abel speaks of sin and guilt and its effects on man. There is an acceptable and unacceptable offering to God. The blood of Jesus Christ speaks of better things. Hebrews 9, 26. He then would have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hebrews 12, 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things to that of Abel. I want to give you a few things that the blood speaks. And I'm going to get ready to wrap this up. Praise God. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. But the Bible speaks of these things. It says that the blood speaks. It speaks of love. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Colossians 1, 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins see it speaks of purpose how much more hebrews 9:14:15 how much more shall the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to god cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living god and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. I could go down the list. It speaks of suffering. Revelation 5, 9, they sing a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain.
and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. It speaks of substitution. The blood is speaking to somebody today. The next day, John 1, 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He took my place today. He took your place. It speaks of redemption. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. It speaks of cleansing. 1 John 1.7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. It speaks of access. The blood is speaking today. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. It speaks of peace. Colossians 1, 20. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the blood today. It speaks of heaven. Revelation 7, 14 through 15. And I said to him, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him. Oh, what a day that'll be. Day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. Praise God. The blood, and the blood is speaking to you today. The blood is speaking to you today. I want you to make this declaration of faith with me, and I want to pray with you. Before we make this declaration, though, I want you to respond. Because it's not about your performance. It's not about your ability. It's not about how sophisticated you are or how affluent you may or may not be. It's about the fact that Jesus Christ... God manifest in the flesh came and sacrificed himself for a bunch of flawed people. People who desperately need him. Praise God. Come on, that's it. I feel his presence. I bless you, Jesus. Make this declaration with me. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I am redeemed from sin and sickness and have received the promise of the Spirit through faith. I boldly confess that through the blood of Jesus, I am healed in my mind, my will, my emotions, and my body. I am blessed with Abraham's blessing of spiritual life, healing, and provision because of the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to begin to sing and just worship the Lord for a moment. We're going to sing about the blood. If you're thankful for the blood, why don't you just begin to plead the blood? Because the blood can go where you can't go. The blood can do what you can't do. The blood can achieve what you can't achieve. The blood can turn things around. You need to plead the blood over your home. You need to plead the blood over your family. You need to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your marriage and your relationships. You need to plead the blood of Jesus Christ on your children. You need to plead the blood. Hallelujah.
listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.